0: Welcome to my podcast, where the truth is upheld and my life journeys are unveiled. Free at last, free at last. Thank God almighty, I was free at last. Thank you, Dr. King, for that quote. However untrue in my situation, it felt as such. My spouse's mother had gone with his brother thousands of miles away. His son had began to acclimate back to the rules and regimens of our household. I didn't mention that when he came for summer visit before marriage, I actually started off with him the way that I would have if he were coming to live in the home. He came into a, a bedroom that was his own with all of the acumen, that came along with coming into a household, including, um, a list of chores, child appropriate, uh, rules and expectations, anything that you would do if you were having one of your, um, children's guests over and you just kind of give them the rundown of the household. All of that was presented. So I just kind of double back on that to say that by them leaving and him having a chance to actually acclimate, he came with his grandmother to start the transition in the household they came around the same time and so um around the same time he didn't come with her but they came around the same time there was give or take a few days after he came that she came and so um that was a time where I thought all right let's get it going let's get it started let's start this blending on the right foot So I do caution anyone who is or has been in my predicament where you are not only a newlywed, but you're blending in a blended family situation. It would be so wise for you and your spouse to be on one accord. But if you're not, you're gonna have to create your own village. Quite literally, create your own village. I tried and I was unsuccessful. I tried my best to pull in any um, young or middle-aged male that I could to be a um, bystander and a support to this young boy who was transitioning into the household. Um, And for whatever reason, God did not allow those attempts to be successful, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful to know that with support, these things are possible. I've heard stories. I've read books. I've listened to podcasts of situations where blended families, blended family situations that may have started off rocky. They they actually worked out in the end because the two persons came together in the situation and they tried a different game plan. And that's cool. Just like with sports, a coach may give you a game plan and it literally just doesn't work for the game. So what do you do? Tuck your tail um, in between your legs and hang your head down low and walk away? Or do you try again and try again and try again? That's what I want to convey as I close out on the blended family and transition into me being a parent now of two children under two. Try and try and try again. And remember that the child should not be responsible for what they do not know. It's not until the child knows that they should be held responsible and that they should be held accountable. And remember, children are constantly developing in their brain. So what our expectation is of them may not be a capability for them. That's something that I learned through trial and error um, as I began to walk in the guardianship role of my spouse's son. I had an expectation for him and I had to learn to constantly revamp And revamp and revamp. But once again, if you do not have full autonomy, if you do not have, by right, the full autonomy to parent the child and to set the tone, at some point, you got to double down. At some some point, you got to let go. It's not that you don't care about the child. Listen to me clearly. It's not that you don't care about the child. But you have to walk in your calling. And a lot of times in life we get stressed out because we're actually allowing ourselves to engage in processes or relationships or um, be interacting in with people that God may not want us to. He may have had us there to set a tone and to leave. He may have had us there as um, as a figure of. Christ's likeness by way of showing someone love or showing someone mercy, about maybe maybe by way of giving to someone or supporting them in some uh, manner or faction, and then our time is up. The season could just very well be done. So for whatever reason, God allowed my spouse's son to come thousands of miles away to come into our household, knowing, knowing that the outcome would be what it was for whatever reason God allowed that all I can be accountable for is my part. There's two, there is two sides to every story. And for me, my hand was definitely way more heavier by way of discipline, follow-through, correction, guidance, covering with my spouse's son that I feel that I wanted to be or that was necessary. So if I could do it again, if I could look back, as they say, 2020 vision, there there quite honestly wasn't a better solution. When I say yin and yang, when I say oil and water, that was the mix. But looking back, if there was anything differently that I could have done, It probably would have been to complain less. And it would have been to smile more. Children can also um, sense when the adults in their life just literally do not care for them (laughs) or do not care for them anymore. They can sense that. They can sense the tension and the animosity. They're humans just like us. And so as adults, it's our job to regulate. He had no... um, responsibility and he had no uh, he was not accountable for the fact that I was raising two children that I had just that just came into the world when he came into the house he had no responsibility over the fact that and no charge over the fact that I had two under two plus having a teenager in the home who didn't want to be there he was the teenager in the home who didn't want to be there so what's the solution Though his father has the greatest charge in this testimony, my part would have been to smile more. My part would have been to pray and ask God, instead of complaining about the situation, to pray and ask God, how could I be a light in this role? How could I be a light in this Lord? What is it that I can do? And if, if it was for me to completely take my hands off and somehow, by the grace of God, turn off the valve in me, that hell naw valve in me to where I don't react, whether verbally, whether uh, it shows on my face through my body language, whether it shows through my actions. If there was some way that I could have turned off that valve, that I could have prayed and asked God to pretty much blind me to the things that I didn't agree with with this child and focus on the two little girls, then that would have been something that God would have had to allow For me, it just didn't seem, it just didn't seem like from an honest perspective, from a truth perspective, from a human perspective, from a pride perspective, from a role perspective, none of that seemed plausible to me in the situation, but only God knows. But looking back on it now, remembering when my spouse's son and I had an open line of communication, remembering when my spouse's son and I were able to um, coincide in the same space. I never agreed with the way that he was raised, but there was a time where I was able to coincide and at least have a parallel existence with him that wasn't uh, one where I felt disgruntled. And I think that with all of the negative talk and the spirits and principalities that were uh, consuming his mind, this really was a hell no from the gate. There really isn't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This was a hell no from the gate. And for whatever reason, God allowed it. That's what God did. So that ends my um diatribe on the blended family. Now that the mother-in-law and the son-in-law were gone, things declined. They got worse. Teenager got older. He uh began to live more and more into video games and his phone, which was already his M.O. But now that he was older... It became more impactful because as you grow and you become more accountable, you have responsibility for things. And so we had um, two major blow ups before our household separated. And one of them had to do with my spouse's son leaving our sliding door in the living room open, all unlocked, not open, unlocked all night, three times in a row. And every time he wasn't paying attention, why? On the phone, head deep into the phone and not thinking about what his responsibility was before he went to sleep. If he was the last one up and the door was left open to air out the home after dinner or whatever the case may be to close the door. And once again, I was in the middle of a um, vortex of disrespect. Because my spouse did not have my back. He pushed it off as if, as if it was nothing. Oh, that's just a child. Oh, he just forgot. Oh, remember when you were young and you forgot? But the life and death matter is when you leave a door open, open and unlocked, and the only barrier is a thin screen all night long, someone could enter your home. Someone can enter your home. And here we are, the adults, thinking that the home is secure. Children, smaller children are in their bedroom or in the bedroom with us, but thinking that the home is secure. So it was at that point that I knew, okay, God, something major, major has to happen here. Something major has to happen. You know how you designed me, Lord. You know how you designed me. And I'm not able, I'm literally not able to sit back and be devalued. I'm not able to sit back and to have my constitution and safety questioned over a child who's being irresponsible and an adult who seemingly does not seem to, one, want to have my back and, two, to take accountability for their child's actions and actually correct the child in a way that would also please their spouse, who is one of the guardians said okay lord so the first blow-up happened the first blow-up happened that definitely signaled that there was going to be a huge change surrounding these doors being this sliding door being left open for the third time so in my mind I'm like all right game plan it's time to prepare now it's time to prepare now if this was not enough of a red flag and I still am not being supported I'm not able to sit in this home with this child every day and to be his guardian. And I'm not able to live in a home with a man who is not respecting our safety and not valuing the fact that his spouse is telling telling him that she's concerned about the safety of our household based on the actions of the child and something to be done. So after three and a half years of staying home, Technically four, technically four years of staying home, I went and sought employment. And guess what? I was hired. It was in an educational setting where I was able to bring both girls, which has always been my requirement, that if I were to seek a work outside the home, it would need to be a work where I was able to still be the primary care provider for the children that God had blessed us with, because I do believe and I believe strongly that that is my calling. So I was hired, and I was hired to work in the classroom, and I was able to bring the girls, and then... About two and a half weeks into employment, my youngest child got sick, and she was really sick. And then my second child got sick. Now, being the primary care provider, I had to stay home with the youngest. Then the second child got sick, and then I got sick. And this went on for about a month until we were all able and well to come back for me to go back to work and then to go back to school. But in the meantime, COVID happened. So now the whole world system as we know it is shut down. Everyone's home. I had just started working, figuring out a game plan to escape the toxic level and the toxicity of this marriage and this forced permanent guardianship role that I was being forced to uphold over my spouse's son without any respect and COVID happened. So now we're all home. For the first time in our entire marriage, my spouse is home during the day, every day on furlough. His son is home from school because school is shut down And the girls and I never returned back to the school. We never returned back to the educational setting in which I was hired one month before COVID. A month and a half before COVID. So now I'm saying, okay, Lord, what the heck is going on? There was unresolved tension between my spouse and I in regards to the event that happened With the sliding door being left open for the third time, that was unresolved. But now we're home, sitting amongst emotions and feelings like strangers because none of us have had a chance to mesh. My spouse refused to come together and the two become one. He refused to be constant and consistent and make uh, room and make time for a marriage, make time for a relationship. He refused to and made no effort to and admitted out of his own mouth that he made no effort to transition his son into the household and actually bring a level of standard so now we're just home he buys a monitor for his son to play video games on a second screen in his room so he could be locked up in the room 24 7 i actually calculated it one day and he was in there for 23 hours straight no food no bathroom break 23 hours straight playing video games COVID and the inception thereof we went out as a family dynamic multiple times to parks and things like that and we had done that throughout the marriage this was not uh, a marriage system that was absent of outings that was absent of um, going to eat out and hanging out in that manner. It was absent of relationship. It was absent of of effective uh, and age-appropriate communication. It was absent of accountability. It was absent of loyalty. It was definitely absent of the functionings of wisdom in parenting. It was absent of priority, and most importantly, it was absent of order. God, husband, wife, child. Not work, then children, then God, then your spouse. Not your spouse, then money, then your children, then God. God, husband, wife, child. So we get through about a month or so into the inception of COVID, and my spouse is then released to go back and work minimal hours, but to go back out into the workforce. But there was no plan still for his son. So his son starts on on um, stay home learning, which then prompted him to sit in front of a screen all day. So how are you doing stay home learning? And you're absent. How are you doing stay at home learning and your teacher has reservations as to whether or not you're paying attention or whether or not you raised your hand to check in for the morning, the morning, the phone distractions, a second screen in uh, his room, my spouse's son's room where he could play video games on the second screen while he's supposed to be doing stay at home learning on his computer. So you know what I learned to do? Take my hands off the situation. Remember, I just shared with you the revelation that I received after the second child came into the home. Let go. When you're controlling a situation, or you're trying to have your hands in uh, your hand, the hand of control in a situation, and things are not working, and it's like a constant pushback. At some point, we have to say, "Is this me, or is this, is this me, or is this God?" Is this a God-breathed effort, or is this me? I let go. I was concerned, concerned for my spouse's son's grades. I was concerned for his mental health. I was concerned for his total well-being. I was concerned. Prior to COVID, he um, took his shot at sports and athletics, which gave him opportunity to be out of the house more, and I was happy for him for that. I was happy for him to have an outlet away from a phone, away from a screen. I was happy for him to be um, interested in a social life and not to be um, encouraged into this anti-social behavior. I was happy for him. I was happy for him. And I'm sure that COVID was a big bubble burster for him too. Some of the course corrections that... um I attempted through COVID was to seek to engage him in some of the outings that the children and I would do if he had time. But since he was doing home learning, he didn't. One thing that I know that I was consistent with is considering him. So if I made groceries, I considered things that he liked. If I went and got a a frappuccino or I went and went to a certain coffee space, I considered things that he liked. I I was always aiming not to lose myself in disgust, disdain or or um, anger and remember that he's a human being who needs to be considered. And now being home 24 hours a day. For the most part, give or take uh, outings in the afternoon after home learning, he needed to be considered. He needed to be sought after. Whether he came out of his room to say good morning, I still needed to make an effort to knock on that door and see if he was breathing. These are the things that I was not praying about. I wasn't praying about them because my heart was in a space of aghast. I was exhausted living in a space with someone that felt like a stranger. Where was the trust? But God kept forcing me to still be me. He kept putting the charge in my heart to be consistent and to still follow through with this child as if he was my own. Do what I know to do, no matter what, accountability. Taking accountability for what I could do, for what I could bring to the table, for my part in the situation. That's what we must do, listener. Take accountability for our part. Don't worry about the other person. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, that's all that matters. Whether a situation is going right or wrong, we have no accountability for what other people do. We really don't. The best thing that we can do is to remember that people can only do to you what you allow So if I was going to allow my blood pressure to be ran up, trying to run behind this child and coerce him to behave or to think or to function in a certain way, that's on me. But by me letting go and letting God, it didn't mean that I didn't have to not care. I still cared, but I was relinquishing control. If he failed, it wasn't my fault. I did what I was supposed to do. I was there. I I was available. I was there to support any question and to put forth effort to bring whatever supports he needed to the best of his interest. I understand what it's like to be a teenager. We've all been there. If you're old, over 18, you understand too. Teenagers do not want, they want to find a sense of autonomy and they do not want the parental or the guardianship figures in their life to be the ones that are the, the workmen's for them. They want to be separate. They want to find their own identity through other people. I get that. And God knows as long as the child existed in our home, I worked effortlessly to try to find a pair for him. I would question his father constantly about finding some type of male accountability, but it would be up to his father, my spouse, to explain why that didn't happen it would be up to my to his father, my spouse, to explain what the barrier is it was to allow another male to come into his life to seek another male to seek some type of out of home opportunity for him. I'm not saying that it wasn't done because I do know that that was a concern that was a consideration of my spouse, but to just leave this child to be home every day for a year like like oh my goodness i couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine me my own self having been able to go to school and to have the liberty and freedoms to walk out that door in the morning and to get away from home and home life and all of the demands of home life for at least eight hours a day i couldn't imagine what these children have gone through through covid having to stay home And then do learning online, sitting in a chair, watching a screen and engage inorganically in the world of A.I. I could not imagine. These were the levels of sympathy that helped to keep me tempered, remembering that this child, too, in this particular season was suffering. That's what we we must do. Listener, we got to let go of the past offenses and ask God, ask God, pray and ask God to temper us for today. How do we stay concerned with today? How do we project our vision future tense? How do we do that, Lord? Show me, God, how to do that. And I would ask the Lord to show me. I learned to do that. Initially, my heart was hardened because I'm defending and I'm reacting in defense. But God taught me how to respond. God taught me how to respond. And we are who we are. So there should not be an expectation for you to morph into something that you're not. Remember, if you're parenting, especially parenting a child that is not yours, and their, their biological parent is around and not functioning, there is a level of resentment. There is a level of resentment that I feel you can honestly um, confess and God would understand, but he doesn't want us to live in that. We have to fight those emotions of feeling validated in our frustration, validated in our anger. And we must find another way. And you know what I would think about when thinking about my spouse's son? I would think about the level of resentment that my own parents to this day still have towards me. And what would that make me to be an adult who is resenting a child for childlike behavior Year upon year, year upon year, endlessly. That makes me. That would make me immature. That would make me childlike and child minded, and that would prove that I wasn't at a place spiritually that I confessed to be. So that's something that I had to work on. Remember, I'm A type personality. So anything that seems to be getting the best of me, the better of me, I'm wanting to fight against that. I'm wanting to push against the the tide because I don't want to be less than. And even in this walk in Christ, I don't want to be less than. I want to push. I want to persevere. I'll never be like Paul, but I definitely do not want to be one who has not who has has been defeated by their circumstance. That's not me. That actually helps me to live and thrive through um, trials and situations in life that are unbecoming. There's a level of resilience. There's a level, there's a thread of resilience in my DNA that just won't allow me to fail. It won't allow me to tuck my tail. And so, the process of going through COVID and the divide in the home becoming more and more broad me having suspicions that my my spouse was stepping outside the marriage in some form or fashion. Prior to COVID that being proven via cyberspace, cyberspace, space, and social media. I said okay. All right, Lord. But I kept on pushing. I kept on being present, as present as I could for others. But I was dying inside. I was dying inside. But I kept on showing up. I kept on showing up. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a pat on your back kind of person. I let people's actions speak for themselves. I give you a big up. I give you a, I give you dap. I give you high five for your successes in life. But I do not idolize I do not idolize, but guess what I began to idolize unknowingly. I began to idolize the depressive deprivation of my situation. Why do I say I began to idolize that? Because slowly but surely my presentation, my energy, The way I showed up for myself was declining. Sure, throughout COVID, I packed up my children in the van, and we would drive around, say hello, do wave-bys, constantly and consistently. All the things that was done before were still lived up to throughout COVID. But inside, I was beginning to deteriorate. Inside, I was thinking, how long, Lord? How long, how long do I stay in this rotten, spoiled, stale marriage? How long, Lord, do I uh have to feel like I'm living in the home with a stranger in regards to my spouse's son? How long do I have to feel uncomfortable in this space that I believed I could call home? That really just feels like a space of transport and transition, like a car that's parked inside of a garage. When is it my time to go? When Lord. And once again, God made a way of escape by setting forth an opportunity for us as a family initially to travel during COVID, the unheard of. By that time on the West Coast with all the wildfires in the summer, along with the mass mandates, which left the citizens unprotected because With wildfire smoke in the air, you need an N95 mask. But those were not available due to the demand at the hospitals during COVID. And so here we are walking around with dust masks on during fire season. Unhealthy. So I got on the computer and what I felt as being led by the Holy Spirit and my desire, the desire of my heart to get a reprieve from this marriage from this responsibility and from our previous state the lord opened up an opportunity for us to travel during covid as a family of 5 and go check out a state on the southeast coast of america and we did and that is exactly what we needed at the moment we needed a reprieve we needed like newness and by the grace of God, the Lord not only provided the funds, but he made the the trip and the transition smooth. There were efforts along the way during the trip to, to revamp, to reset. However, when we returned, business as usual. The trip was great. It was a great opportunity as a family of five to get away from all of the circumstances that had ensued in that previous year, and just breathe. But once again, when you put a Band-Aid on a wound and you don't let it breathe, you don't allow it to heal. You don't go through the processes of healing. Acknowledge that there is a need for it. When you take the Band-Aid off, the wound is still in need of healing. So the unraveling in the entire circumstance just furthered. It furthered. The trip was only a band-aid to a systemic problem and now there would be some permanent change. Now there would be some great leaps of faith in order, in my mind, to keep from getting sucked into the vortex of depression To keep from getting sucked in the vortexes of anger and resentment. Change was necessary. Until next time, live your life like it ends today. Love your neighbor like the Bible says. And pray your way into eternity. You never know. Jesus Christ might be coming today. Peace.